Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about the past and the future as being a concept of mine. They're not real. You might say, well, I remember the past. I was, ex- I definitely did experience the past. No, you experienced the present, and then you interpreted it, and then in your remembering of it, you reconstructed it in your mind. You brought it back into the present, because the moment it happened, it's over. But we ruminate over these things, and we try to extract meaning when there might be none, but that's what the mind does. We create a story. We create meaning. What does that mean about me? What does that mean about my life? What does that mean about me and my relationship to that other person? You see, we construct a story about something that happened as a way to make sense of it when it doesn't immediately make sense in that moment. And most often, it's not accurate. Yes, it's not (laughs) accurate. Or I should say, no, it's not accurate. It's not accurate, even though you may think you have a handle on certain facts of the matter. Those facts have been filtered through your beliefs, through your perceptions, through your values, through your emotions in that moment. You are in a trance state. See, anytime we're in a highly charged emotional state, that is a trance state. And and then that's where subpersonalities are born in that trance state. When we make a profound decision about what this circumstance means about us, how we're going to carry forward, how are we going to survive in the face of this threat, of this situation, this challenge. And I've talked about subpersonalities in the past, and you can go to episode 245 and 219 to dig deeper in the subject of subpersonalities. But this topic today actually comes from one of my case studies uh, I'm doing on subpersonalities. I'm working with an individual, and they asked me, how is it that we can change the past so easily? And I responded, because it's not real. It's a story that we've been telling ourselves over and over again about what happened at that time. And we may not have the facts straight. More often than not, we don't have the facts straight. And so we can retell it to ourselves in a way that makes a difference for us, that actually empowers us. And that, my friend, is one of the many talents that I have in retelling, reframing the past into something that supports you, that something that carries you forward, enhances your experience of life instead of detracts from your present moment. And speaking of the present moment, that's all we have access to. And so when we talk about the past, when we talk about the future even, It's a construct of mine. Remembering is a reconstruction of the past, reconstructing the many parts of the past, remembering into the present, or we recall it from the past into the present because it happened in the past. And frankly, we need not ever have to think about it again. It doesn't need to inform who we are today. Just because you were somewhere at one point in time, in fact, Once upon a time, I had breakfast at the International House of Pancakes in Naples, Florida. That was an IHOP. It was an event. I was there with my cousin and her new husband. It was an experience. But frankly, I don't recall it that often. In fact, it just was offered up by my unconscious mind as one of those inconsequential things that happened in the past that I don't tell a story about it. And so, because I don't tell a story about it, 
it doesn't have any impact on today. How many events have you had happen to you in the past? If you've been alive for at least 25 years, it's been quite a bit. I've been alive for much longer than that, and I have a lot more memories that I forget, a lot of a lot more past moments that I've forgotten than I remember. And of course, when we talk about those situations in the past, we tend to select only certain experiences, and we tell them in a particular way. And how we tell them, how we retell that story, makes an impact on the present. Studies in psychology have shown that as we recall past events, we actually embellish a little bit each time. We add to it and we subtract. We never tell the story exactly the same way each and every time. For instance, once upon a time, I say once upon a time because I'm telling a story. Anything that we talk about in the past is a story. Once upon a time, I got fired from a job. The facts. One story I could tell is that I was used as a scapegoat. I was new on the job, and it was actually someone else's leadership failure that ended up in a burglary. And I ended up getting blamed for it, even though I had nothing to do with it. I couldn't even explain it. I didn't even know how it happened. But because I was there on duty, I was the one that was blamed. And then, consequently, I was brought in by the police and questioned. And there was a, there's a whole story about that in another episode. But that's one story I could tell. Or I could say, I lost my job. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It actually opened up possibility in my life. Everything started happening after that. My life began to unfold in magical ways. In fact, I was even called into the police station because they thought I might have had something to do with it. And actually, through the process of being disqualified to participate with a polygraph, the polygraph examiner actually asked me what my story was. I told him my story, and he looked me straight in the eye and said, you're telling the truth. And I asked him, how do you know? He said, I've sat across from liars for 20 years. You are telling the truth. I said, how do you know? And he told me all about nonverbal communication and reading body language. That's where I became really fascinated. And that opened up a whole new career for me. And as I look back on that experience, I can easily say that the universe has your back. Everything is always working out for you. And so that belief was solidified in my experience of life. The facts? Not necessarily. So let's look back on this story. The facts of the matter was I was definitely let go. I was fired. No way to candy coat that. But each version or each story that I told was simply that. It was an embellishment of the facts. It was a story. It wasn't necessarily the truth. It was my interpretation. And I bet if you go back and look at your past, 98% of your past is a story. It's things you've told about yourself about what went on. It's not necessarily the truth. Like, who has the truth, necessarily? It's, and even the facts aren't necessarily the facts. It's all based on your perception. It always used to fascinate me when you would interview different witnesses of an event. Let's say there were three witnesses of an accident at a street corner. And if you ask each individual, each individual would have a different perspective mainly because they each had a different vantage point on the event. And they had other things going on in their head, so they are actually interpreting what was going on through their own filters. 
And this is why, in a court of law, that third-party testimony is not accepted. It's considered hearsay. Because if it did not directly happen to you, or you were not directly involved in the event, the exchange, the communication, then your interpretation is essentially just that, an interpretation. It doesn't have the validity of the facts. But in saying that, I'm not endorsing the fact that you are actually involved in the situation with the idea that you actually have an accurate interpretation of what went on. It's actually only one of many different perspectives you could take. I've used this example before, and we'll reduce it down as simple as we can. But if you were to draw a big circle and put an elephant in the middle, and you had a degree mark at the very top, let's say the north, side of the circle, you had a zero mark. Directly opposite of that would be the 180 degree mark. And then between the zero and going all the way around the circle is generally considered there's 360 degrees. There's actually many more than that, but we'll just say there's 360 degree points around that circle. Now, you could start at the very top and look at that elephant. The elephant's not moving. It's just sitting there. So at the zero mark, you stand there and you see an elephant. You might see the trunk, you might see the ears, you might see the eyes and the mouth, the front of the elephant. And as you move around the circle, degree mark by degree mark, moving all the way to the 180 on the opposite side, you actually see the same elephant, but it's a completely different perspective of the elephant. You see the tail, the hind end, the back legs. You don't see the trunk. So it goes without saying you're seeing a completely different elephant than the person that stands on the zero mark on the other side. Now let's say you're actually the one that is moving degree mark by degree mark from left to right. Using this example, there's 360 perspectives on that elephant. 360 stories you could tell about this elephant. And each story would be slightly different. Now, again, if you're on the 180 degree mark and you're telling a story about the elephant before you, there's information missing that the person standing on the zero mark has available to them. Now, they don't have the information available to them that you do. So your stories both are going to miss key factors, key ideas about this elephant. Now, let's blow your mind a little more. Let's pretend that this elephant is actually hovering in the center of a sphere, a transparent sphere. I almost had trouble spitting that out. A transparent sphere. So this elephant is hovering in the middle, and you have the ability to travel anywhere on the outside of that sphere and view the elephant from the top, the bottom, the side, behind, the front. Anywhere on that sphere, there's actually an infinite number of perspectives that you could gain on this one object. An infinite number of perspectives. This is actually a law in geometry. Given a point in space, there's an infinite number of lines that can intersect that point. So if you consider that you have an event that you can recall from your past, your perception, your experience of it, the story that you tell is one of many possible perspectives one of infinite perspectives that could be told about that event. I do want you to know that I'm not trivializing seemingly traumatic events. Now, when we begin to tell a disempowering story about a traumatic event, it becomes trauma. 
we embody it. And the more and more we tell that story, the deeper and deeper the wound. And as I always say, or I have said frequently in the past, let's say that, I don't always say it, but frequently I've said this in the past, is that you can either have the story of your trauma or the story of your healing. You can't have both. But in having said that, realize that I'm just a guy sitting in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm a podcaster. I'm a, I am a coach. But ultimately, you are the one that can review your own circumstances, review the events of your life, and take a look at just the bare bones facts. And where have you embellished? Where have you begun telling a story about victimhood, about what was how, what it meant about you? That's more important. What did you make that event mean about you. That is where we create a story that is less than desirable, typically. I remember hearing a story about a woman that was raped in a stairwell. She was beat and left for dead. And she was being interviewed later by a newscaster. And the newscaster was in her interview was beginning to have her recount the trauma of that event of that night. And the woman that was attacked stopped her cold and said, stop, don't you dare. That man took one night of my life. I will not give him any more. Hearing that story was so powerful for me because it actually was a model for how to handle things like that. You acknowledge it. Yes, it happened. You don't deny it. You don't say it shouldn't have happened. It couldn't have happened. Yes, it happened. She chose to accept that it happened, but she didn't replay it. She didn't perpetuate it. She didn't make it mean something about her. And in stopping the newscaster, the interviewer, she was protecting her mind. She was not going to allow the newscaster to walk in her mind with muddy feet. And again, you might ask, was it the truth? Well, it was the perspective that she chose to tell. The one of many perspectives. And that perspective, that story, empowered her. One of infinite perspectives that could be told about that story. And if you retell that story in a way that does not serve you, that actually detracts from your experience of life, then perhaps you've got it wrong. Or let's say not wrong. Let's say that you could tell it in a different way, in a way that supports you, in a way that empowers you. Now, there's a number of ways that we can retell it that will add extra dimension, more strength, more force to the positive aspect of the event. And you can actually reframe anything to serve you. And so what I just shared with you is the mindset around rewriting your past, because your past isn't real. Once it's over, it's over. It is only in our remembering of it or our reconstruction of it, our recalling it from the past into the present that gives it any strength. And again, you might be saying, I was there, I experienced, it was traumatic. I know, it was. Then, I once fell and I skinned up my knee really bad. I tore it wide open. Now, I do remember the event, and that event has informed my, my walking and my bicycle riding ever since, but I don't carry the pain of that anymore. I left the pain in the past. I took the lesson, and I left the pain. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs> <laughs>